the knockout stages continues to deliver drama. In a fascinating battle of two old foes at Stamford Bridge, a Willian-inspired Chelsea took the lead before you know who responded for Barcelona. Messi, 1-1, and Chelsea have collapsed inside their own penalty area. Meanwhile, in Munich, Bayern put one foot in the quarterfinals with a resounding win over 10-man Besiktas. Thomas Muller cuts it back unselfishly for Robert Lewandowski to score his second of the night. It's Bayern München 5, Besiktas 0. We'll bring you the best reaction and key analysis from both of this evening's first legs as we hear from Willian and Pedro. Plus, we'll hear from Jose Mourinho as we look ahead to Wednesday's round of 16 ties with Sevilla hosting Manchester United and Roma travelling to Shakhtar. Stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, it's been another top night in the competition. Yes, it really has. And two really varying games, of course. Um, it became quite easy eventually for Bayern against uh, Besiktas in, in a game that was skewed a little by the red card for, for Doma Gorovida. Bayern taking advantage in spectacular fashion, though. But altogether different at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea and, and Barcelona neck and neck and... You know what, it's strange to think of it now, but um, it, sh it perhaps wouldn't have been this way at the start, but Barcelona will feel very, very happy indeed with that draw, I think. Uh, just to clarify the scores from the first legs of tonight's two round of 16 ties, they finish like this. Chelsea won, Barcelona won at Stamford Bridge in Munich. It finished Bayern 5, Besiktas nil. Uh, we'll begin with that absorbing affair in West London where an old rivalry was renewed between Chelsea and Barcelona. John Bradley witnessed this one. Willian, he's 20 metres out. Willian on his right foot! He's hit the woodwork! Left the goalkeeper completely stranded. That's away by Sergio Roberto. Oh, it's a vital challenge, but it comes to Willian. Shot! Oh my word, he's only gone and hit the other post. Would you believe it? Willian again, ball stuck underneath his feet. There's the shot, he's finally found a way through. Chelsea have scored, Stamford Bridge has come alive. It's Willian who hit the woodwork twice in the first half, but not to be denied this time. Oh, Iniesta's won it inside the area. Messi, 1-1, and Chelsea have collapsed inside their own penalty area. They've gifted the ball to Barcelona after defending so well throughout the game. Messi's goal drought against Chelsea is over. Barcelona have an away goal. It's Lionel Messi from 10 metres out with a simple tap-in made by Iniesta. We've said that a few times down the years. Chelsea won, Barcelona won. John Bradley with the commentary there. We'll speak to him in a moment. First, let's hear from Willian on a night where things could have been very different indeed. A little bit sad uh, with the result. I think we deserve to win today. Of course, they have more possession, but we create a lot of dangerous chances to score. And yeah, I think it's still open. We have to go there and uh, 
exactly the same game, compact, fight with every ball, and uh, I think we can do that. Willian speaking there, third time lucky for him with that wonderful goal to put Chelsea ahead. He did finish 1-1 alongside Rob, me and Andy. Alongside me is John Bradley. John, 1-1 um, it finished at Stamford Bridge. Was that a fair result, do you think? For 93 minutes and 10 seconds, Chelsea were just about perfect tonight. Yeah. And for the 10 seconds that led to the Barcelona goal, they gifted the ball to Andres Iniesta, the most dangerous of players to gift it to on the edge of their own penalty area. And he picked the pass to pick a way through to unlock Chelsea's door. And Chelsea had been resilient in their rearguard action all night. Uh, in the first half, that they sat deep and, and they would hit Barcelona on the break and, and Willian was absolutely outstanding from start to finish. And Chelsea looked the more likely to score at half-time despite Barcelona having 70% of the possession. Chelsea had, had six or seven attempts at goal and they'd hit the woodwork twice. And then when Willian finally found a way through, you thought, right, well, if you defend soundly now you will get a victory to take back to the Camp Nou in three weeks but they got pushed deeper and deeper and they got a little more ragged a little more nervous maybe a little more panicky and eventually it led to Christensen playing the ball across the edge of his own penalty area and Iniesta reading it better than anyone mm. just like he does and providing an assist for Messi maybe that's it John maybe the enormity of what they're about to achieve was was weighing a little bit on their minds. But you know what? I, I still feel that Barcelona weren't really hurting them in that time, even if they were dropping a little deeper. They were finding it very, very difficult to push through them, Barcelona. It's hard, though, isn't it, when you are being pushed further and further back to keep your wits about you because Iniesta would increase the tempo. He'd up the pace of the game. Jordi Alba's basically playing on the on the byline almost he's, he's so far forward Alish Vidal has come on and he's playing down the right hand side and they're just runners are coming Busquets is on the edge of the penalty area Rakitic is almost like a quarterback flipping balls in Suarez who'd hardly had a touch in the first half suddenly comes alive so to stay focused that whole time and it just takes one moment and the moment yeah. actually comes when you're not defending the moment comes when you've got possession over on the left-hand side of the field, and you've just got to play a pass to work your way downfield, but you've got yourself into a mindset of, we can't get out, we can't get out, we need to get out, I'm going to play this pass to try and get us downfield, the pass is wrong, it's misplaced, it's misweighted, and it leads to the goal. And it's that mindset that you've got yourself in that has probably cost Chelsea. Listen, they've been to Barcelona and they've, they've got results in the past, and they've beaten them at home before. This is a new Chelsea, a younger Chelsea, of course. Doesn't have the John Terrys and people like that anymore. But they showed tonight they're a good side and competitive. And Barcelona were second best throughout that game. Uh, let's hear from a former Barcelona player who was playing for Chelsea tonight, Pedro. 1-0 for us is a good result and 1-1 one -one is, is different, no, obviously, but in general it's, uh, I'm very happy with the team, no, with good effort and good game. Always is difficult against Barcelona. Certainly is. Pedro um, facing his former employers, as was Cesc Fabregas, who was taken off into the closing stages. Andy, do you think they could have done anything differently having uh, gone ahead? No, not really. I, I just... Obviously, they could have avoided making the mistake, but apart from that, I thought they defended really, really well throughout the throughout the the entire game. And um, you know, it's, it's unlike Barcelona to 
be that starved of chances. And they were beginning to get really quite frustrated. I mean, I mean I'm really struggling to actually remember too many openings that Barcelona really there, there created. Was, there was that cross shot by Suarez where it, was, it, it turned out that um, it was a very good save by, by Courtois in the end. But that was pretty much the only yeah. save he had to make. And um, I think, again, it was a, an indication of the respect that Barcelona have for this particular Chelsea team and this Chelsea performance, that once they got the equaliser, they didn't seek to drive home their advantage and run all over them, but use their possession in a different way to contain, really, rather than to, to, to force Chelsea's hand. The celebrations of the goal are something that I haven't seen probably... Obviously, that what happened last year with Paris Saint-Germain is in another, you know, atmosphere. It's on another planet. But it's rare that you would see Iniesta and Messi almost into the supporters at, uh, you know, to get an equaliser in a one-one away game in the last 16 of the UEFA. These are guys that have done it all before. They've been there. They've seen it. Done it. They've got all the t-shirts. They knew how important that was, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was a critical moment in the tie. It just pivots it towards Barcelona it's an away goal Chelsea now have to go and score in the Camp Nou it's only the second goal of course that, that Barcelona have conceded in the competition tonight they've not conceded many at home all season and while they look vulnerable they managed to keep Chelsea out when Chelsea were on top and, and Chelsea deserve a lot of credit tonight and Willian and the way they play with Hazard as a lone striker it, it threatened to hurt Barcelona Was that the right call uh, ultimately that playing Hazard as the striker rather than uh, Morata or Giroud? Yeah, I think it worked. Um, maybe, I think bringing on Morata later was an, an equally fair enough call. Um, but Azar was, was one of their better players on the night. I thought he was excellent. I thought he really occupied uh, Barcelona, especially in, in tandem, with, tandem with Willian, who we've already said was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought it worked well. And you know what? I, th I think it might work in the return as well. Pace, guile and the ability to do the unexpected. That's what Willian and Eden Hazard both had um, and caused problems for Umtiti and uh, PK all night. Certainly. OK, we'll get your thoughts ahead of the second leg and run of the matches as well, John and Andy. OK, next we head to Munich, where German giants Bayern took on group stage sensation Besiktas. Mike Schuel, watch this one. Given away, here's Lewandowski, goes down under the challenge from Vida inside the D and Vida's been sent off. No hesitation on the part of the referee. And so early in this game, Besiktas down to 10 men. Coman on the left for Bayern, up against Adriano. In on his right, back out to his left foot, heading for the dead ball line. Cuts it back in, prodded home by Thomas Muller. Bayern make the breakthrough. Lewandowski, the angles are cute. He cuts it back and the shot is put into the corner by Kingsley Coman. Bayern don't take long in the second half to extend their lead. Robin runs at the Besiktas defence, out wide to the right. Kimmich ran the outside, crosses it, flicked on by Muller. In at the near post, it's a second goal of the night for the Bayern München captain. Hummels comes forward down centre field. Goes for goal himself, it's a good strike, save by the goalkeeper. The rebound though, picked off by Robert Lewandowski. Thomas Muller cuts it back unselfishly for Robert Lewandowski to score his second of the night. It's Bayern München 5, Besiktas 0. Let's speak to 
Mike Shaw tonight. Mike, we mentioned um, Thomas Muller's quote from earlier on about how their second half performance was much better, more intense than the first. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, they didn't quite have the intensity in the first half, partly because Besiktas, certainly until the sending off, were, were doing OK. They were doing all right. They, they'd, Wagner Love had, had a, an effort, and um, but they'd kept out... Um, Mats Hummels and Kingsley Coman. Fabry played very well tonight. He actually kept the score down. But it, once that Vida sending off happened, that gave Bayern that opening. They took a while to take it. I mean, it wasn't until just before half-time that Muller got the goal, but the second half they came out and, and they basically they tore Besiktas apart and, and could have easily won by more goals. And Besiktas just ran out of steam, didn't offer anything at all really in the second half. Um, and yeah, as you say, the tie is pretty much over even at this stage. Of course, th there was a sending off, which they'll look back at and you wonder, did Domagoj Vida have to make the tackle after that pass by Atiba Hutchinson? But also the way that it was coached, did uh, Shenyol Gunesh, should he have handled it in a, in a, in a different way rather than let Bayern wear his, his side down? He could have done, he could have made a change like he did towards in the second half when he brought on Dusko Tosic, which meant that they went back to a more familiar four at the back, which gave them a little bit more in midfield um, because Gary Medell had had to drop back initially after the sending off to sort of make it a three. And of course, the two wing backs were pressed. They didn't get the ball in midfield. Yeah, had he brought Tosic on earlier in the game, it may well have thwarted Bayern a little, I, I, I don't think it would have necessarily, it wouldn't have changed the outcome, it might have changed the scoreline slightly, may have been two, may have been three nil, um, but yeah, they, they effectively, once Vida got sent off, said okay, we're going to defend this now, even Wagner Love was in the defensive third when they didn't have the ball, that was how defensive they were, and it was literally there, right, you're going to have to open the door, and although it took Bayern 43 minutes to do it, they certainly kept the door wide open in the second half. I think it's something like 23 wins in 24 games for Jupp Heynckes. Are you seeing an assuredness that he brings to the team when they, when they put on a performance like that? I think you've only got to look at Thomas Muller uh, and his situation. He's, he's yeah. reborn again because under Ancelotti, he was... He was almost a bit part player. He was playing in positions he didn't enjoy and clearly wasn't enjoying his football that much. Now he's being offered that, that freedom and being played in the right position by the man who, who he played under before. And Heinkers can obviously see a lot of those players were with him five, six years ago when they got to those two Champions League, UEFA Champions League finals. And, and he's, he's making the most of what they offer. And, and Muller showed it tonight. Um, and he's getting back towards his best again. And he, remember, he's still only, was he 28, Thomas Muller? He seems to have been yeah, around forever. Yeah, he feels he's been around, <laughs> yeah. been around forever. Uh, one guy who won't be around forever, uh, Ian Robin, into his 30s now, didn't start the game, Andy Brassel, was brought on, and you feel he had a, a key role in Bayern seeing this tie away. Yeah, I think the right man for the, for the right situation. Um, and that, that might seem as damning Ian Robin with, with faint praise, but you know what, I... It, it was it was just the way that the game was set up. The fact that Bajiktas were down to ten men. The fact that they'd given everything in that first half to to keep Bayern at bay for most of it, despite playing with with ten men. There, there are many great things about James Rodriguez as a, as a footballer, but with Iron Robin, you're getting something else. This sort of visceral energy, and you always get that with him. 
You know, his, his, his pace hasn't gone anywhere, despite the, the fact he's 33. And um, he just scared the life out of Bajiktas in, <laughs> in, in, in the second half. Um, really stretched the game, created more space for the others as well. Um, and, and that's without even talking about his passing and his opening of space. Um, you know, he's, he's a fantastic player to watch every time in the UEFA Champions League. But in this situation, against a team that we're trying to defend in numbers, against a team that had already worn themselves out a bit in the first half, he was the, the perfect man to, to, to bring on. I, re I really felt for Kane Erkin, actually, who was playing at left-back tonight, because when, when Robin did come on, it was just... They were just pushing so many times down the, the near touchline, the, the by and right. He had he was watching on Robin, who was twisting and turning, and the next thing, Kimmich runs past him, and either Robin would cut inside or Robin would play it down the line, and Kimmich would then send in a cross. He set up the one for Muller at the near post. But Kane Erkin came off in the end and looked absolutely shattered, and I'm not surprised. Uh, Mike, thank you. Mike made the, the good point earlier on that Pashit has so many key games around the second leg. Will they yeah. rotate? Do they feel the ties dead? While Bayern are like 19 points clear in the Bundesliga, straight after the second leg, they face Leipzig and Dortmund. So I wonder what they're going to do um, for the second encounter in Istanbul. That will be on Wednesday, the 14th of March, and of course, we'll be across it on Match Day Live. Still to come, we're going to preview Wednesday's last 16 ties. Sevilla host Manchester United. Shakhtar face Roma. Everyone can enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how you play. Equal Game is a new UEFA Respect social responsibility campaign that positively promotes inclusion, diversity, and accessibility in football throughout Europe. You're listening to Match Day Live with Andy Brassel and me, Rob Daly. We have two more tantalising fixtures on Wednesday night in the UEFA Champions League round of 16. Starting with that hotly anticipated clash between Sevilla and Manchester United. United manager Jose Mourinho has been playing down his size chances of winning the competition ahead of the first leg in Spain. I told before, any team that reached the quarterfinal has a chance. I never thought I was going to win it with, uh, with Inter or Porto before uh, reaching the, the quarterfinals. And it's when you reach the quarterfinals that you have the feeling that, that anything can happen. Nothing will change the dynamic, as nothing will change the normal tendencies of some, some clubs are in this moment uh, more ready to win it. But I think when you reach the quarterfinals is when any team can feel that anything can, can happen. So I think this step of going from 16 to 8 teams, I think is always a very important step. Well, it was in cup competitions that Jose Mourinho enjoyed success last season. Brighton in the FA Cup to come and to be in the UEFA Champions League um, tomorrow night. Phil Blacker will be our commentator for this one and he joins us now. Um, Phil, huge match for United. How do you see them going about this first leg in Spain? Uh, evening, Rob. Yeah, I, I think Jose Mourinho will uh, approach it exactly as he said. They know that this tie will probably be almost certainly decided at, at Old Trafford. Uh, and any sort of result which keeps them in pole position to go through in that return leg would be a good one uh, for Manchester United. I don't think we're going to see him um, move away from the prototype which has brought him such success uh, down the years. And as particularly been his approach at Manchester United. That they won't take too many risks. So under thought in Andalusia, uh, they have the, the players with the, the physical prowess to make this difficult for Sevilla. I think 
the, the onus is going to be on the home side in this first leg, particularly because they don't travel well. Sevilla will sense this is their chance to really put themselves in a good position to go through. Manchester United will, will look to negate that without taking those risks and, uh, and play to their strengths. So I, I expect them to go there to be, uh, to be solid, compact, uh, and look maybe to take a, a chance or two on the counter-attack. Phil, uh, under Vincenzo Montella, Sevilla have evolved a, a little bit and they've proved that in their, what, what, I, I don't know, six, eight weeks under their new coach so far that they can play a lot of different ways. Now, the way they played against Atletico Madrid, for example, in, in the Copa del Rey, they're a bit more circumspect and, and wait and see. Do you expect them to be that way against Manchester United, knowing the quality Manchester United have on the counter-attack? Possibly. It's hard to know what to expect, really, from, uh, from Sevilla, because, as you mentioned, the, the, the short period of time that Montella has been there, the different approaches that he's, he's already taken. He certainly, I think, um, brought them on since Eduardo Barrizzo was there, who was the coach in charge for, for the group stages, which makes it even more difficult to read how they're going to approach it in the UEFA Champions League. I mean, Montella in the UEFA Europa League, as, as a coach, has an excellent record in uh, knockout games, uh, unproven really in this competition, of course. I think you know, he has introduced a number of different tactical tweaks uh, and he still may be searching for, uh, for a style of play and identity that he's going to settle on it in the long term, which won't necessarily be needed, of course, in, a, in a, a tie such as this. What he has brought, though, that I've noticed certainly is just a wonderful enthusiasm, I think, to the job. He's probably put, if you can say, a smile back on the face of the football club, certainly on the, the faces of the Sevilla players. Uh, there's a real enjoyment, a real energy that seems to have rubbed off on those players. And I think it's that that they're going to need to try and work with in this game. They'll be helped, of course, to a huge degree in that respect by the home fans who will have their part to play at, uh, at the Sanchez-Pijuan to, to try and get behind them, particularly knowing that, that they haven't travelled well in this competition or even... Uh, to an extent domestically as well. Uh, so, yeah, how Montella approaches it is going to be important. I don't think he's going to take too many risks because, as you say, Andy, of the, the strength of Manchester United on the counter, but he'll be positive. There'll be a real energy about the place. There'll be a real energy about the team. And they know if they can get off to a good start, they can build the advantage potentially that they'll probably need taking to, uh, to Old Trafford. Phil, looking at some of the quotes from Vincenzo Montella, asked about how to deal with Alexis Sanchez. He says, we, we might just have to knock him down. Um, <laughs> and that, that is one way of dealing with him. But Alexis Sanchez will feel he's returning to the stage he belongs on tomorrow night. He will. And probably feeling that he's got a little bit of a, a point to prove after all the, uh, you know, all the talk about the transfer. Where was he going to end up? He's uh, still very early on in his Manchester United career. He got that first goal into against uh, Huddersfield, which was uh, important for him. Still to see exactly how he's going to, to fit into this side. He hasn't had an awful lot of time yet to do that with so many other star players in that attack as well. That's the challenge, isn't it, for Mourinho as well, to, to mould all those players into this same side, as, as well as the opposition trying to, to deal with it. But there's no doubt that the, the signing of Alexis Sanchez to add to the squad from the, the group stages of the UEFA Champions League can only strengthen Manchester United's prospects going into the, the knockout stages. One of the reasons, I'm sure, why they were so keen to bring him to the club in the first place, and he'll be desperate more than anybody to show exactly why when, the, when he gets the chance to play knockout football again in this competition. Phil, thank you very much. Look forward to your company uh, on Wednesday night. Phil Blacker will be our commentator for Sevilla against Manchester United from 1930 CET. Also on Wednesday at Shakhtar Roma, and Mark Scott will be our commentator for this one. He joins us now. Uh, Mark, this, this looks like an evenly balanced tie to me. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, absolutely, Rob. Uh, evening, everyone. I think that 50-50 is uh, exactly uh, how Eusebio Di Francesco has described this game. Both sides, when the draw was made, I think would have been pretty happy, not overly confident, but um, happy that they avoided some of the bigger guns, shall we say, that they could have drawn. Uh, they both came through their group stage with some impressive results. We know that Shakhtar are very strong at home. So I definitely think that you've got two sides that will be going into this game fancying their chances of making it through. And in the sense of Shakhtar, Mark, there's a real sense of belief there, isn't there? Because they could have played the transfer window differently, for example. Bernard, who's really grown into being a player in European football in the last year and a half, two years, he could go for free in the summer. But rather than cash in, they decided to hang on to him because they really think they can do something in the competition. Yeah, and I think Paolo Fonseca has really galvanised the uh, team and he's getting a lot out of uh, players who um, have not really uh, done so well in the past. You think about Facundo Ferreira, who um, I don't think really impressed too much uh, at Newcastle. He scored twice on Friday. He's top of the uh, scorers' rankings in Ukraine as well with 15 goals. Um, you mentioned uh, Bernard as well and uh, Fredge, who's also... Uh, been linked with some of the bigger clubs. I think that uh, he's managed to get them all together and uh, give them the feeling that they can have a real go at this competition and see how far they can get. It might be one last hurrah before some of them are tempted to uh, pass just new. But at the moment, there's a, a real feeling of community and team spirit there. And uh, it was interesting as well that a lot of questions have been asked about that uh, meeting between the clubs in the 2010 to 2011 UEFA Champions League campaign. And both of the coaches were very uh, quick to stress that that has nothing to do with the meeting that's coming up. And um, it's funny because I think Shakhtar at the moment are playing with the sort of style that, that you've associated with them from their uh, glory days. But uh, Fonseca has uh, been quick to point out that from his point of view, that's ancient history. And they're playing in a way now that is very individual to, down to the way that he wants them to approach matches. Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Mark Scott will be watching Shakhtar against Roma uh, for us on Match Day Live tomorrow night. Turning our attention uh, now back to the game of Stamford Bridge. It has finished uh, Chelsea 1, Barcelona 1 tonight. Let's hear from Thibaut Courtois, but first, Edin Hazard. Yeah, we know it's going to be difficult, so but we can play with all quality, so we can create a lot of chance. Yeah, now we, we will go there and give everything to try to go through in the Champions League. I think we are confident that, that we can have a positive result there as well. And uh, I've been there with Atletico many times and I know uh, it's, a, it's a hard night there, but I'm sure that we can do it if we, if we defend how we did and, and, and we play how we play today. I'm sure we can have a positive result there as well. Courtois and Hazard from the Chelsea ranks after their 1-1 draw tonight. Andy Brassel and John Bradley alongside me. John's second leg. Uh, we saw Conte make the big call to play Hazard as the striker tonight. we still got, what, three weeks to the second leg. How on earth do you think Conte's going to play it? Three weeks is a long time in football. Yeah. There's a lot of games to, to be played before then. Um, Chelsea have got back-to-back -back games against Manchester City and Manchester United coming up as well in the Premier League, which is huge for their top four aspirations this season. Then, of course, there's the FA Cup as well that they've got to deal with as well. They're in the quarterfinals of that. But, of course, all the focus will be on what happens in, in the Camp Nou. And I think that they'll play very similarly to the way that they played in this game. I think that they take a, a lot of credit from it. They deserve a lot of respect. It was almost an away performance, yeah. wasn't it, I think, tonight at Stamford Bridge? Barcelona will always have possession. That's Barcelona. 
Um, you know, and and you can say it's a cliche, but it's a, it's a fact as well. So I think you know Chelsea will acknowledge that they will have lesser of the ball, and what they do with it when they have it is critical. You know, in that second one, they'll be fine with that. And I think they've already proved their mental strength to to deal with that. I can only see another tight game because oh, Chelsea was just sensational tonight. There's always, remember, in the last four meetings between the sides over the course of the two legs, there's been a 90th minute goal that's decided the tie. Love it. We <laughs> need Love a fifth it. and there's always a red card as well. So it's all got to come in the second leg. OK, uh, gents, let's have your uh, man of the matches. John, you can go first here and I think I can guess who you're going to pick. Can you? Yeah. William. William. Yeah, William. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Not even a, a contest. The one player who was a shining light throughout the course of the 90 minutes. Andy, anyone else that you could pick out from the performance? I'm, I'm not sure I could disagree with that, though. Uh, Eden Hazard worked very hard and he kept Barcelona very busy all evening. I, I guess people will expect to see a goal from him or, or something like that. Maybe they'll get it in the second leg. Uh, 14 wins in a row for Bayern. They've won 20 of their last 21 home games in the UEFA Champions League. Mike Shaw, your man of the match and why? I thought um, Kingsley Comer had a really good game tonight. Very impressive out wide on the left. But it has to go to Thomas Muller, who's back to his old self again. Uh, he scored two, set up another. And uh, he's back to the form that we know of him when he was at his very best. So Thomas Muller for me. Not a bad call at all, Mike. Thank you uh, very much indeed. Sadly, that's all we have time for on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. It's been another captivating night of European football as heavyweights Chelsea and Barcelona cancelled each other out at Stamford Bridge. Willian firing the Londoners into a second-half lead before that man, Messi, equalised, ending his goal drought against them in the process. Then in Germany, five-time champions Bayern put five past one of the season's surprise packages, Besiktas, Muller and Lewandowski with two goals each. Join us again from 1930 CET on Wednesday for full match commentary of Sevilla versus Manchester United and Shakhtar Roma updates from Andy Brassel, John Bradley, Mike Schul and myself, Rob Daly. It's goodbye. Cuts it back in, prodded home by Thomas Muller. Bayern make the breakthrough. Lewandowski, the angles are cute. He cuts it back and the shot is put into the corner by Kingsley Coman. Kimmich ran the outside crosses, inflicted on by Muller. In at the near post, it's a second goal of the night for the Bayern München captain. Hummels comes forward down centre field. Goes for goal himself, it's a good strike, saved by the goalkeeper. The rebound though, picked off by Robert Lewandowski. He's on target yet again. Thomas Muller cuts it back unselfishly for Robert Lewandowski to score his second of the night. It's Bayern München 5. Bajiktash nil. Willian again, ball stuck underneath his feet. There's the shot, he's finally found a way through. Chelsea have scored. Stamford Bridge has come alive. Oh, Iniesta's won it inside the area. Messi, 1-1. And Chelsea have collapsed inside their own penalty area. Messi's goal drowned against Chelsea is over. Barcelona have an away goal. Chelsea won, Barcelona won. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.